You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's now time for our main event. Take a trip back in time to the golden era of the wrestling world with your host, Chris Tetrold Blaine. Welcome to Once Upon a Turnbuckle. Hi, everyone, and thank you once again for joining us here on Once Upon a Turnbuckle. What is actually quite a milestone episode. It is actually our 50th episode um, from start to finish. So uh, for this, I've got, I'm really, really pleased to bring back one of my favourite guests that I've spoken to previously on the show. Um, spoke to him last year, the one and only Tom Fleming. Welcome back to Once Upon a Turnbuckle, sir. Uh, thanks so much. And yeah, good to be back, man. Um, you know, I've been been doing the whole uh ww revival wwe for a while now so yeah you were one of the first uh, podcasts yeah that i did the uh did an interview with when it all started coming back around it was very very cool it was it was brilliant for me anyone who hasn't seen the episode firstly i will say once you've seen this one go back and watch it we won't cover we'll probably bring up some of the stuff we spoke about but we won't cover old ground too much but you know the work that you did uh back then for wwf it's, it's like still ingrained in me it was like part of my childhood you know some of the imagery and the um you know the looks and everything that you created and um one of the reasons why i wanted to bring you back on not only because i i had so much fun talking to you you've got some more stuff on the go very exciting in the wrestling realm as well as everything else that you're doing we'll touch on that um and we'll we'll bring people up to speed on that so um sort of yeah so it's been about a year i think last time we spoke you were just preparing to uh it was the the new artwork with brian clark adam bomb that you were getting ready to release i believe or had just released yep, yep. that was that was that, that was quite cool that was that was cool is that that was uh have you got any more kind of things lined up with him that you that you know of or anyone else like in that realm no, um, actually, I've been so busy between the stuff that I'm doing for Marvel Comics and then this big uh, this big project that I just uh, finished up. Um, it's I've been so busy and stuff, but I'm in I'm in regular touch with Brian. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about doing a show together and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, you know, and we'll see, you know, when when the uh, stars yeah. align and stuff and we'll we'll, we'll make that happen. It's very, it's very cool watching, you know, the, um, the him come back because he's been away from the spotlight for so long until sort of last year. And then he's kind of literally, pardon the pun, exploded back on the scene. And it's, it's fantastic. Some of the stuff that he's got. And yeah. And, you know, it's, it's really cool. The, um, you know, to I mean, he has such great characters that um, they're very marketable. He uh, he's working really hard on, uh, you know, all the projects that he's involved with, with new action figures and all yeah. the merchandise and stuff. And and it just totally um, relates to the whole comic book thing. And um, and just really, you know, he just has really fun 
cool characters. And it's really nice to see one of the guys from back in the day make it out healthy and, uh, you know, and, and well. Yeah, yeah. And actually, you know, touching on one of the things I was going to bring up, actually, because one, one of the guys we did speak about, one of the, one of the, the, the bits of work that you did for the WWF that we know you best for, um, and that I think you, we did talk at length about last time was Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. Yeah. Um, sadly, obviously, yeah, you know, a couple of months ago, I believe, um, we sadly lost him. Uh, are, there, are there any, you, you shared a particular memory of, of working with him when you were designing his look on the last episode. You got any, anything that springs to mind that you've kind of been reflecting on um, recently because of that? um actually well you know it was it was uh you know when that when i got the news it was actually kind of a weird thing i got the news like you know i believe on like facebook or something mm -hmm. you know like i i didn't even get it directly from anybody and stuff mm -hmm. and yeah that was a real bummer um you know because it would have been nice i um it would have been nice to see scott again mm -hmm. um and you know all these years have passed and stuff and we've just never had I never had the opportunity where he was at like a show that I was mm -hmm. at or anything like that, where, you know, some of the other guys, I was fortunate to, um, to see and talk to, uh, animal from, uh, Oh, wow. From, mm -hmm. uh, the Legion of doom. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, he actually was really glad he signed one of the posts. That was my first job I ever did for the WWF. Yeah. And he signed, he was like, Oh man, he goes, you know, this is one of the best selling posters. I haven't seen this in, you know, decades. And we were actually able to um, kind of, you know, chit chat and talk for a little bit about the old days and stuff. And I didn't get to do that with with uh, Scott. But um, yeah, just, um, you know, I got a lot of uh, a lot of messages um, with people, you know, uh, you know, hearing about and knowing now that I was behind the um, design of the costume yeah. and things like that. So, um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it, you know, it is what it is. Um, it's one of those, it kind of, it came out of left field, you know, it, uh, one minute we knew he had health problems here and there, but nowhere, you know, literally within a few days. And yeah. I think that's what makes it worse, isn't it? When sort of and it makes it tougher knowing that it was kind of like a freak thing. Like it wasn't mm. even like his, his health decline. It was like, you know, a you know, he was on the operating table or something, you know, with, yeah. so it was an unforeseen, um, nobody really, I guess, could prepare for it as far as family and things like that. So yeah, yeah it just, uh, it was just terrible news and, mm. uh, yeah, the, you know, the wrestling world lost a, uh, lost a legend. They did. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Say what you will. And I think you helped sculpt. I mean, let's be honest, you know, uh, yes, he had a name for himself in WCW, but it wasn't until the I iconic Razor Ramon era, which you, you know, obviously had a hand in, um, you know, cementing yeah. in us all. It was, um, yeah, you got to take, you know, great deal of pride in that, knowing that, I would imagine. Yeah. That is, that was very proud of that, yeah. uh, you know, definitely one of the biggest that, that I was involved with. So, yeah. One, yep. of the, um, one of the things I think coming off the back of when I spoke to you last, is one of my favorite matches from, uh, from when I was growing up is the opening uh, Survivor Series 93. And it's the opening match where obviously your artwork is all over that, that event anyway, with the, you know, with the, the, uh, cover posters and everything that you had done. But that opening match, you've got one, two, three kids, you've got Razor Ramon, you've got Adam Bomb, and you know, 
all the color and all the you know cartoon aspects i suppose in that match the entertainment scale was off the chart i kind of thought when i spoke to you if there's a match which to me displays your work in a snapshot surely would be that one because those three guys alone that you you know obviously had a hand in creating in a way um is there is there anything like that for you have you got a moment or a look or something that you don't think i don't think i asked this last time that you hark back to that really represents you back then your work with the wwf oh man um i guess i mean it's kind of you know as far as the actual matches um you know that's hard to say but i mean without a doubt as far as all the things that i would were have been involved with and how it came full circle and stuff was that you know the uh survivor series 93 mm. um and how much uh wonderful messages i've received and stuff with that image of that thanksgiving yeah. uh you know the turkey with the you know the the uh, foreign fanatics and the all americans and um uh, the two paintings so I would say, you know, as far as as far as iconic images and stuff, I that's probably um, what I can relate to the best. As far as events, I'm not I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, it's Are you, yeah. For, for a period of time, like I say, you were kind of there were bits of you all over, you know, my favorite events and my favorite moments there. And there's, there's actually one when I was sort of brushing up and looking over your work again in preparation for this there's one thing that i didn't pick up on that i see that you had a hand in um again one of my favorite events from 93 king of the rain did you you designed the scepter <laughs> yep that's that's really cool i mean it's pretty random in a way as well um from a fan's point of view but yeah just tell us what you remember about that sort of how that came about Okay, so yeah, that's okay. So early when I started doing these interviews and stuff, um, that was one of the memories that came up afterwards, um, where I I wasn't able to talk about it with you. So, um, so the I was involved with the first pay per view King of the Ring. King of the Ring existed previous, but it that you know I didn't even know you know what the king of the ring was mm. but they came to me and you know along with the illustration work and costume designs and things like that they would actually they would occasionally ask me and um my buddy jay to uh actually create props yeah so after we created you know after we successfully created you know costume props like papa shango's yeah. uh stuff um then they came to us with the uh with the um king of the ring and um well actually they came to me it was it was solely me and they said listen we need a uh we need a scepter we need it to look you know like something from the set of indiana jones um you know something and I, you know i was like geez you know I, all right i'll see what i can do. i just started um you know i went out got a bunch of art supplies dowels and um styrofoam balls and the first thing i did was i took one of those styrofoam balls and i went to spray paint it um gold right. to make it look metallic mm -hmm. and the uh styrofoam because of the i guess you know the uh alcohol or whatever yeah. the ball completely disintegrated and shriveled and i <laughs> i was like oh man what am i going to do here and i remember it being a pretty tight crunch of like we need this you know yesterday kind of thing and um and my buddy Jay just leaned over and he said, hey, what about uh, doing a solution of Elmer's glue and uh, and a little bit of water 
and kind of doing like a varnish on it and then spray paint it and it'll be kind of sealed. And I, it, I, it couldn't have worked better. So I was like, and then once I got that, then all, well, you know, it was a matter of putting together all these things. And when that, when that project finished up, I remember looking at that thing and it was like with all the design costume designs and the illustration, mm-hmm. I was like, so proud of this piece because it was something that I've never really done before to that extent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this really does look like something off the set of Indiana Jones. And to the point where I went to my art director or actually the creative director. And I said, Hey, um, you know, they were, they loved the way it came out. And, and I said, after the event, is there any way that I could get this thing back? You know, I would love to actually, you know, keep yeah. and they're like, sure, you know, like, we'll see what we can do, that kind of thing. And, um, and back in the day, whenever there was big events, uh, we would have like an office party at somebody's apartment or, you know, house, uh, art department. And we'd all watch the pay-per-view together and we would point out like, oh man, there's so-and-so's, uh, you know, um, banner, there's so-and-so's costume. Yeah. And, you know, and have fun doing that. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we're watching the, uh, King of the Ring event. It's the, uh, it's the first one on pay-per-view and, you know, of course, Brett wins it. Um, and the scepter comes out and he's, he's holding the scepter and they're all like, there it is. You know, like, you know, they're all high-fiving me and stuff. And this Literally is a crowning moment. And yeah. And I was like, wow, this is great. You know? And then all of a sudden Jerry Lawler comes tearing through the crowd, slides into the ring, grabs the scepter from Brett, breaks it over his knee, rips the ball off, throws it into the crowd. <laughs> and everyone just started laughing their asses off. Um, just, you know, uh, you know, because the, everyone knew that I asked to, to get uh, the thing back. And I was like, all right, well, I guess that's not happening. But no. it, it was a great event. It's great. And uh, that, could that have been a rib? Maybe maybe you you asking for it made somebody think, oh, wow, we got to do something with this now. You never know. It, it, exactly. You never <laughs> know. Yeah, where how word gets around and stuff. Yeah. But I think it was all part of the drama and um you know, and then it, it was what it was. So I I had this, uh, you know, Lawler thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We all did back then with that. That was, I think, the drama of that event, you know, I was a massive Bret Hart fan anyway. And I think the story he told through that was fantastic. So that end of it with the coronation and what happened to him was almost like the perfect ending yeah. for all fans. I will say that, that was, was the final thing made of styrofoam and that then. The what? This this scepter was actually just the whole thing made of styrofoam, something like that, because that looked real. Obviously, yeah. you know, every, I'm, I'm not I'm not sort of expecting it wouldn't do, but I honestly, until this moment, thought that that was metal and glass on the top and whatever it was. So, uh, yeah, I just went to a craft store and um, got you know like um, like um, curtain rod kind of supplies and it was styrofoam spray painted to look metallic and i put pearls and things like that as you know just costume jewelry and things like that (laughs) Uh, yeah and just dressed it up to make it look like it was uh you know made of metal that's fantastic i love the look they had for that king of the rings did did you have anything to do with the cape at at all as well um no the crown the crown, I, I went out and actually shopped and bought the crown um, oh. and made the scepter. But uh, no, I'm not sure exactly where the cape came from and uh, who was responsible for that. Because I thought they, especially with the crown, I was going to come to that actually, because 
that was the only year to my knowledge really they had a proper crown for it because i think what they introduced in 94 which they then used with triple h and that as well it's just like this massive furry thing which looked almost just like fancy dress yeah 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 compared to what brett had um did, did they ask you to do any anything else after that like that sort of prop related that we might recognize uh i no, not for that event uh, um, no. I, yeah for other events i'm sure i mean that they, they were all you know pretty much whenever i designed a costume uh if anything besides the uh, spandex and the mm. costume, you know, being made, we were pretty responsible for creating, you know, the other props. Yeah, uh, and the, you know, and the the um, challenge was always to, uh, you know, it just it it didn't um, have to look good. It had to look good and be practical yeah. and yeah. durable. So it had to be functional, you know, along with actually looking, you know, looking the part. How many challenges you want in one brief? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. That's brilliant. Yeah. I just, as soon as I saw that today, I was like, I got to ask that because it's, again, it's one of those, 93, I think was one of those years that was pretty iconic for me. And there's so many, so many moments in that, that I still remember today. So, uh, so that's, that's cool. Um, moving it a little bit more up to date then, really, one of the main reasons that I wanted to bring you on is when I found out, um, I think you let me know in a message when I got in touch with you, you were working on something wrestling related. It was all very mysterious. Uh, and then you announced it a little while ago, um, some new artwork that you're doing for uh, an NFT art project. Um, I'm going to let you introduce it and what it is, because I will admit I'm really clueless when it comes to NFT. I still don't actually know what it means, what it is, what it does. So yeah, again, yep. so how did it come about? Tell us a bit more about what it is and what it will be used for and that kind of thing. Okay, so let's let's start with what an NFT is. Um, an NFT is a non-fungible token, which is directly related to cryptocurrency and this whole new wave of, um, it's, it's kind of it, the only way to describe it, it it's a it's a it's an answer for digital artists to have an original piece of artwork so okay. you know when i do a painting you know when i did that survivor series painting mm. there's only one painting somebody can buy that frame it and hang it on their wall uh, digital artists don't have that it has to be a print sure. so they came so they came up with this idea of embedding on the image with a blockchain that actually gets tracked back to the artist and anytime it's sold or um, or transferred, the artist will get a uh, the a percentage of that sale. Okay. And now it's moved on from digital artist to full blown art, you know, uh, traditional mm -hmm. artists like myself who paint traditionally. But what ha but what happens? Um, I'll get into the whole um, the controversy mm -hmm. uh, and the challenges of NFTs, and you know, some people uh don't look uh look at them positively they think of them they have trouble understanding the value and they all there's also um an environmental question that um you know so so basically it's a digital collectible is the best way for me to uh sum it up in you know 10 words or less That's cool. so yeah so the controversy is um, the environmental is that with all this cryptocurrency, there's a, in order to create and to there's mining going on for yeah, cryptocurrency yeah. where where it just takes 
very, very um, large uh, computer systems that are working and it uses a lot of electricity mm -hmm. and um, that kind of thing, yeah, which, it, you know, in any industry, you know, I mean, people are happy to drive to work. Using I was going to say, yeah, it's just, just a really that, it's just a different version of what we're already doing almost, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, electricity with, with the digital age is just a, it's, it's a, just a fact of life. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I'm, I'm open to hearing anybody else's opinion. If there's something that I don't know, this is all a learning process for everyone. Mm. This is so new and there's so many questions unanswered that everyone is kind of experimenting and exploring this. Um, and this is like, you know, this is, it's been going on, but as far as on a mass scale, this is kind of a ground level type of thing. Nice. Um, so basically um, NFTs are out there. People are collecting them. There, some people love them, look forward to them. And it's just like a trading card there, you know, or a comic book or anything collectible. Mm -hmm. They're collecting these digital images. Yeah. And, um, you know, the question that people have is, what do you do with them? I was well, going to ask exactly that. So, okay, cool. So what do you do with them? Well, it's kind of a strange thing. Um, with all the people that I've been talking to, young and old, there's a mindset. If you're over 30 years old, there's a mindset of like when you invest in, it's got to be a physical thing. Okay. So with, with this whole digital age, and the metaverse is becoming this big thing where it is not a physical world. It's a virtual world. Mm -hmm. And people are going on the metaverse and creating, you know, like Farmville. And yeah. they have gardens, virtual gardens. And they, it, it's just <laughs> their world, their personal world. And it's kind of a hard thing to understand. But they're, to the younger crowd, um, there's a value. And there's a you know, they're a big interest in all of this stuff. So NFTs are a art, a virtual art world. And there is eventually going to be um, metaverse galleries. And cool. yeah, so you'll be able to display your NFT collection in these virtual galleries. You can, you know, of course, you have them on your phone, your laptop, mm -hmm. or whatever, and you can use them as wallpaper, you can use, you know, yeah. With a digital image, um, but eventually this metaverse, you, there will be museums and galleries and things like that um, displaying these um, images. That's very cool. That's what you can. So you look at some of these things. When you say like Farmville and whatever, I'm I'm of a certain age where I can kind of yeah, I've grown up with a lot of this stuff, I suppose. But still, to me, it's it's a game. It's a game. I, yeah. You know, I I I can't get my head into something that almost has no end. <laughs> you know, right. when, I, yeah, when, yeah. I pick, when I pick up a video game, I'm, I'm going towards the end of the story. I want to know what happens, and so it's never really. I've never got it. I've never delved into it. It's never really appealed to me. So I mean, you saying that, I mean, it's it's amazing what they can do now, and what how it's changing what you do because it's given you almost another avenue that you can explore that wasn't there before. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's super exciting because I'm not one to ever be like back in the day, we, you know, <laughs> our way was the best one. I'm always like, it, it's a different thing. Our parents said the same thing. Yeah. My grandparents said the same thing. And I'm, 
I am totally open-minded and look forward to any, you know, technological advances and things like that. And, you know, you know, interested in, you know, hey, how can I get involved and things mm -hmm. like that. So this opportunity uh, presented uh, itself to me by, um, with all the, uh, all the postings that I did on Facebook and how this whole revival for my mm -hmm. WWE, WWF uh, career came full circle. Um, this, this group uh, called a company called Fight Capital contacted me and they said, um, we have this project it's um, it's 23 paintings of the uh, of wrestlers from all the way back in the day in the mm -hmm. 80s all the way up until current time mm -hmm. 2022 mm -hmm. and um, we are doing an NFT project that will also be uh, converted into a whole video game world so it's they're creating this this whole kind of uh, system that is going to be connected with these NFTs. And if you own the NFT, you will be able to play as that character. And it, it's it's complicated to the point, but you it, all the answers are actually I just posted on my Facebook page today um, the contact information if you want more questions and answers and things like that to fight capitals uh discord um, uh connection so this is interesting because there you timed this absolutely perfectly uh, in the next day or two they're going to go live with the sale of this nft project cool so um so they came to me and they said hey we need these 23 paintings um we need that uh it's going to be everyone from like way back to like you know the mid to, mid to late 80s mm. right till now and uh we have the exclusive rights to we're working directly with the wrestlers and or the estates of the wrestlers if they're deceased yeah project completely directly benefits the wrestler or their estates wow. so yeah which which was a wonderful thing to hear mm. so one of the the first one that i did was the exclusive andre the giant nft which was just you know super exciting mm. um you know to be able to create i had i the, the challenge was to create a very simple iconic image and that's what all of these are yeah. they're kind of like busts of mm -hmm. avatars of each wrestler because they're going to be actually used as the avatar for the wrestler in the video game sure so um the the catch was they needed 23 paintings in about 23 days <laughs> wow and that's insane yeah. <laughs> like literally insane yeah that is and uh I mean, obviously, you have you done them all now? They obviously, I'm, I'm guessing the 23 days was back along. You've you, you've done them all. They're ready to go with them. They're all done, and I have never done that much work in that short of time. Wow. And they originally they wanted to launch the uh, the drop, the NFT drop at rest during WrestleMania weekend. Okay, and and so that was why the crunch. Yeah. Um it turns out that it was just not 
realistic to do that. It, okay. There was too much promotion that needed to be done to do it right. There was too many details of finishing up the artwork uh, digitally and, uh, because what, what they asked me to do was paint the wrestlers with white backgrounds and then they were going to um, drop in graphics for variations um, for variants of yeah. you know, the wrestlers. So there's, you know, all in all, there's 8,000 NFTs that are going to go up for sale of these 23 images. Wow. Some of them are rarer than others. And, mm -hmm. um, and it's, uh, it's going to be a really exciting thing. Mm -hmm. Now, the, pro the problem that we face is that since the time we started working on this project till now, cryptocurrency and that whole thing has crashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a positive for anyone who's interested in getting involved because the price has dramatically dropped Jeez. and there's very, very, lim very little risk or, uh, you know, any expense that's going to be if you want to, you know, take yeah, a chance yeah, and get involved with this. Um, it literally went originally from, uh, you know, you know, a couple of hundred dollars per NFT to now it's whatever Solana is valued at, which is going to be about, uh, it's somewhere around 30 to $40. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. So it's, it could, it could almost go in your favor almost in a, in a weird kind of way. Cause I suppose, is it correct me if I'm wrong, getting them sold the first time, that's just the beginning. Like you say, it can be sold on and on and on, you know, it at least gets it out there. Correct. And then it can almost just snowball, couldn't it? Once yes. It that's kind of that. That's the um, silver lining. I guess they're mm -hmm. looking at with this is that the, um, the, uh, you know, the initial sale is not going to be, uh, you know, originally. No, but... Yeah. But we'll see what happens. And then there's going to be wave two and, you know, I'll let them, uh, announced that that's not for me to uh, to divulge yet, but there will be a wave too. And so this project, it was wonderful to get involved with the WWE, WWF um, characters again. Yeah. Um, and I worked on everything from Andre to Macho Man to uh, to uh, Hawk from uh, from. Uh, Legion of Doom. Um, uh, then Rob Van Dam is actually a partner in this. Along, okay. yeah, there's there's a bunch of um, there there is talent that's actually partners in this uh, fight capital company. Okay, All right, that's cool. That's cool. So at least you've got some. Obviously, you have some people in in the know who've got the passion behind it to drive it as well, which is great. And yeah, exactly. Yes. Cool. Some um, of the you mentioned some of the guys there, obviously like Andre and Macho Man. I think you did Davy Boy Smith. Is that am I got Dave, that right? Yep, Davy yeah. Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid. Oh, that's um, cool. That's yep. cool. Yeah. So it's 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 guys that you back when you were working in WWF in the uh, in the early early to mid nineties, guys you wouldn't have necessarily worked on anything current with. I guess you could have done the artwork yourself on them, on any images that you wanted to, in retrospect, but. You know, what does it feel like about getting involved with them in something current? You know, these guys that you didn't have a chance to really do anything with back then. Exactly. Yeah, there was a matter of fact, um, ironically, with all the, you know, 23 paintings that I did and there's variation. I did some variation paintings mm. like um, where, you know, if they had face paint um, and if they're, they're seen without, I did a version without okay. the face paint, with the face paint. Um, uh, but um, yeah, it was ironically, 
not one of my characters that I created back in the 90s was is part of the NFT drop. Right. Um, so, you know, you know, Razor and, and yeah. Adam Bomb and Papa Shango and all. So who knows? Maybe they'll uh, I was say they'd be ideal for that kind of thing, I think, because, you know, I mean, their artwork of within themselves. Aren't they? The, it, the exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They really lend itself to a digital collectible yeah. of, uh, you know, that kind of cool, uh, yeah. you know, trading card kind of image. That's cool. And, and they had to be what I've seen, what you put out already had to be from certain eras. Did they specify what eras, uh, specific eras they had to be from? Oh, actually, great question. Um, not only, yes, not only was it, I did not have my choice of what version of the wrestler um, mm. uh, to paint. They actually had specific years. Yeah. So Hawk was like Hawk 1987, you know, um, like where it was within the black, yeah. um you know the black that nwa uh, style wasn't it yeah back then yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. the original face paint and yeah exactly That's so crazy. yeah um there was uh there was very specific years to kurt angle his rookie year was the one that i painted oh, so okay. yeah and, and in his rookie year he actually only wore trunks he didn't even wear the singlet and stuff until later oh, um yeah. until later that year so yeah he debuted just come just you know, like, you know, with just, just would. yeah, trunks. Um, so I did a version of that. And then we did the, you know, the American singlets with yeah. his gold medals. And those are all um, different variations that, uh, you know, that, you know. That's, people... So you've got the guys who are making these decisions, obviously, if it is, you know, you've already mentioned a couple of names already from the industry that are involved anyway. They've obviously got appreciation for, for these guys from a particular point in their career. To, to want to represent them um, in that way, I guess. Yeah. And it's also nice to know that the, um, that the proceeds, their percentage of the proceeds is going right to their estates That's or to amazing. them. That's yeah. Amazing. Because a lot of these guys, you know, the guys from the old, so a lot of them are struggling and mm. could use the assistance, you know, whatever that may be. Mm. Um, you know, it wasn't big money then, uh, you know, way back when. Mm. Um, so um, it's nice to know that there's these avenues that uh, can help the families mm. and, you know, and also the wrestlers. There's one thing that I, because I, I guess since lockdown, I've seen a lot of, um, I don't know whether it's lockdown or whether it's, it's just put it more to the forge. It's just kind of um, coincidental, but I've seen a lot of digital artists come to the fore. It seems to have become obviously the big thing as technology's moved on. And I was concerned in a way that it was going more that way and that, you know, the appreciation for traditional art um, and artists like yourself would almost sort of fade away in favor of this. Not easier, I won't say it's easier, but it's almost like a more accessible way of doing it, possibly, I'm not sure. Um, but you've given hope there, you know, if you, you're you just one of them who's, who's been able to find another avenue to, you know, to, to add to what you already do. That's, that's amazing, mate, that's amazing. Yeah. And actually, you know, you're touching on something that, um, you know, it, you're right. All of a sudden there's been an explosion of digital art as far as collectability, mm. but as a profession, this, for me, the concerns and the anxiety started 15 years ago, 10, yeah. 15 years where I was like, am I going to be a dinosaur? And, you know, I paint traditionally, oh my God, are all these projects going to start just going digital? And the answer is no, 
there's I, I'm fortunate enough to be in an industry in, with comic books. There's always an appreciation appreciation yeah. for uh, traditional art. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened was there was a big wave of you know things going digitally. But then the question I would get at conventions and shows is you know did you do this by hand? And when I said yes, there was like oh wow, yeah. like you know people appreciate mm-hmm. the um the, when you do something by hand. Yeah. um so it almost made uh, it almost was like made me a more of a specialist (laughs) that's cool yeah yeah. absolutely because you've got that i guess you can learn the art of digital art probably you know again i'm saying i've never looked into it myself i'm guessing it's more accessible just because of technology is there for you to do it um and uh, but but you you can prove that you can use both so i mean you know you, you you almost can't teach you can't teach what you know already and your experience and what you've gained and everything. So true. And, yeah. and that, that all came together with this NFT project mm. because things had to be done so quickly. And I had so little time I had to um, kind of really um, utilize whatever digital skills that I have. Mm. So I would do these paintings and they're, they're small, you know, mm-hmm. there a lot of them are about this big. Um, I would do these paintings about maybe like 90%, 90 to 95%. And instead of worrying about finishing them off and cleaning them up and them looking as like nice paintings, I would just get them to a point and then scan them in and finish them off in Photoshop. Okay. And things up so dramatically Mm. that um, I gained this huge appreciation for photoshop for this type of project yeah yeah. um but i just thought uh i just remembered a a very interesting factor in this project because these are nfts and digital and the value is in these digital images i painted them traditionally so there's 23 paintings that physical paintings that i have that i had yeah um the question was well what happens to these paintings yeah it gets sold also and the answer was no we are going to do a public burning what oh how crazy is that to hear that after working so they are going to do a public burning of 23 of my paintings probably in the next day or so and i'm waiting to hear the uh you know what the update is of when that's going to happen but yeah. um I'm will... gonna send you the ashes. Yeah, yeah, right. Like <laughs> seriously, like a cremation. Oh, yeah. oh. oh my god, that's hilarious. I should, I should actually should. have the ashes in an yeah. urn. <laughs> I can't believe that. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I guess you're producing for a reason and they will exist within the realm they were supposed to, but yeah. Is, People... that, is that so they couldn't be resold? Exactly. Yeah, so it has you have to instill into the buyer the faith that this is a one of a kind thing. You are buying a one of a kind and there's the, the value is in this NFT, this exclusive NFT. And, um, you know, and the, you know, these were all questions that I had because I didn't really know what NFTs were when I took on this project. Mm. So most people are like, oh my God, are you like freaking out about this? And the answer actually was, it was kind of, um, uh, it, it was, it was actually good news to me when they, when they told me that, because it made it legit to me. Okay. Fair enough. 
trying to create this kind of, you know, because people have those doubts about NFTs. And to me, that makes it legit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like to get involved with anything, um, you know, that's not on the up and up. And if you're going to sell something, it should be of, of the value that you're, you're proposing. So, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> that's tragic, but yeah, brilliant at the same time, actually. I exactly. But yeah. Yeah. It's one <laughs> of those painful, painful things to, but there we go. You know, you can, that's, that's a cool thing to say, I suppose. Are they going to send you any footage of it or? Yes. Yeah. really. <laughs> they're going to have it professionally filmed and oh, okay. edited and stuff. And they're going to, yes. And so I don't know exactly what form it will come in, if it's going to be a link um, or whatever, but I will absolutely be sharing that footage with, uh, you know, with my social media following. Yeah, and, uh, for that. and yeah, that's going to be, you know, kind of a, uh, a fun, I can't wait to hear some of the comments that, uh, you know, that the it's, followers will have. It's something you won't get with any of your other work in it, really. You don't like to think that anything else you've done will end up on a bonfire somewhere, but uh, <laughs> uh, wow. Exactly. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, so, it's never, never a dull moment. Never dull. No, absolutely, absolutely. I know. Um, um, obviously, a lot of the stuff you work on until it's been formally announced and everything, you can't really, you know, um, talk too much about. Is there, uh, besides the wrestling, for a second, um, there, is there any other projects you've got ongoing or that have just come out that you can talk about? Because I might have, you know, some comic book fans out there that are that are watching and listening to this that'd be interested. Yeah, sure. Um, actually, they just announced uh, like last week or so the um, Fleer Ultra Avengers trading card set that I did. Um, I did nine paintings. Uh, they're already using one of my paintings of, of uh, the vision uh, in the promotions. And it's mm-hmm. they're actually it's one of the main it's the main image that comes up when you Google Ultra Ultra Avengers 2022. Okay. Boom, vision comes right up. So it's always nice when the company, when you do work in the company, um, you know, uh, is uh, happy enough to use your images yeah. to promote. And if it's, it shows up on the packaging and the box and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the Avengers trading card set is, um, they didn't uh, announce a release date yet, but they are sh- starting to share the artwork. I'll be, I'll be actually sharing the artwork on my social media and selling the artwork also i'll be i'll be doing ebay auctions and then sharing the links for anyone that's interested right. um, and then um you know i have uh i have quite a few projects going on with that type of stuff uh but i can't announce that the, the others yet but there's yeah there's there's quite a few so if guys anyone watching this has done already you can get uh you, you can find out um Tom about Tom's work on the social media art of Tom Fleming um, on Facebook. Just remind us about the, uh, the other social media um, that you're on your handles. Okay. So Instagram is um, Tom Fleming artwork at Tom Fleming artwork. Uh, yes. Facebook is uh, uh, the art of Tom Fleming or, or just Tom Fleming. There's multiple Tom Flames, but you'll clearly see <laughs> which one's mine. Yeah. Um, and then Twitter is at at Flem underscore art. Uh, so those are, yeah, those are the three main ones. Um, and then, you know, I'll stick those out on the post and everything anyway, uh, like I do. And uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think, you know, I again, you know, your work fascinates me. 
it really does you know art was something that i i loved at school um but i i was never good enough at it to to sort of apply myself beyond that and i kind of look at you know i i write so i can in a sense create something out of nothing with words but i love just looking at good art you know good artwork and i think what you what your comic book stuff I don't read comics. I've never been a big comic book collector, but I must admit the one thing that always draws me to it is is the quality of the artwork that goes into it. It just kind of sucks you into whatever world it is that you're creating. So um, I, I guess things like, you know, going out in you know, once COVID is now lifted, your your public appearances, I guess, picked up like you do conventions and stuff. Have you found that there's a new market that come to you that recognise you now for your, your your wrestling work as well? Well, I will be able to answer that question. Um, I have done, I have not done any shows this year yet, okay. but um, my first one is next week uh, at Awesome Con in Washington D.C. Um, I'll be there the uh, what it's June uh, the first the first weekend of June, and um, really looking forward to getting back out there and seeing everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll find out, you know, like if the wrestling stuff has uh, you know is is getting that cross you know yeah. that kind of cro- you know the the uh, cross uh uh marketing between the yeah. comic yeah mm-hmm. um and we'll say I, I you know the ones i did last year um there was definitely already uh response from cool. in the comic world to the wrestling stuff that That's people cool. yeah we had no idea that kind of thing yeah Bobby, rest, wrestling comic books i know there's been a few thrown around in the past you never know might be another thing you get roped into at some point is that if that was if that was possible here you go here's one to throw if that was possible i think i probably know the answer but what of of the characters you've created in the wrestling world then who would you like to to work on a comic book for who do you think has got the best backstory uh i would say i would say as far as translation from comic book to, from wrestling to comic book um i mean the first three that come to mind of course is papa shango adam bomb and razor you know, without, without a doubt, the three, you know, those three, I mean, as far as a comic book character, when I created and designed Adam bomb, uh, the Adam bomb costume, that was the, like my first opportunity to do my own thing where they just let me kind of do my own. So that was actually my comic book world kind of being kind of through, I threw it out there and they took to it, Yeah. you know, where, you know, Razor and Papa Shango, they gave me those themes and I just mm-hmm. created the look. But yeah. yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I could imagine them all in the in in the same universe, probably as well, in some weird way. It's, yep. uh, Papa Shogun's yeah. got quite a like Baron Samadhi kind of feel to it. Um, James Bond again wasn't a film I grew up with. I know the imagery. Um, was there a bit of that influence in there? I know you referenced. It was when they came to me. It was more of uh, they told me to watch Serpent and the Rainbow. Rainbow, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was that was the you know my only really frame of reference besides the kind of voodoo kind of image that I already kind of had in my head. Yeah, it's very cool to see Charles Wright actually still turning up at events as Papa Shango now. You know. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I've seen I've seen some. Yeah. I mean, as much as he does like the Godfather and that, I've seen him at comic cons i think he's also probably done some independent wrestling you know in the last couple of years as papa shango and you know it's, oh, wow. it's fantastic to see him still out there you know with that imagery 
Oh, without a doubt. Um, you know, it must be, you know, as far as like, you know, preparation and stuff, he's got to do the face paint, which yeah. uh, probably was a deterrent for a while, but now, <laughs> yeah. Dedication. Dedication. Yeah. I, I would love to bump into Charles and see him, uh, see him at a show or, you know, at some point. Yeah. He sounds like yeah. a hell of a character. That's, uh... Yes. And a super nice guy from, you know, from my experience, mm. the little interaction that I had with him um, was, but he was super, what a pleasant, you know, really yeah. super guy. He was one that, again, a credit to you, I suppose. He scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> he really did. Um, along, yeah. with, along with the likes of you know, Demolition and, and that, I think they were guys that just pulverized everyone. But I think, yeah, it was it was just his look. He was, him and Kamala, I think, there at the same time. Very, very, yeah. very strange. Didn't know what to think of him, you know. Yeah, yeah. no, brilliant. Listen, I'll... Um, just give us before we finish up just going back to your nft um work as well just just give give us a shout out where we can find more information you said you put the the links on your page um just yeah uh, where in the couple of days you say it's, it's the they get it for sale or or, or whatever the launch is just give give a bit of a shout out for for that and where people can find more information about getting involved Okay, actually, um, yeah, the only information that I can give is that um, the company is called Fight Capital. And if you Google Fight Capital, I'm sure all their social media comes up. But I just earlier, I mean, literally, when I when I told you that I would be five minutes, I was literally finishing up the post on my Facebook page <laughs> um, with that information. So if you go to the art of Tom Fleming, um, or Tom Fleming, or uh, I haven't done it on Instagram yet that the link is actually on my page and you can click on that and fight capital uh, will answer any questions that you have. If you join the discord um, and, uh, and, you know, and uh, to how to get involved and, you know, there's a certain it's, process. It, it sounds fantastic. It's such a, such a great thing. And it's not just about, you know, putting work out there to make money for someone it's, it's going you know back to, back to these these guys um these superstars so you know it's 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 a great thing all around you know thank you tom for for sparing us the time and come tell us more about it and yeah all the best with it and, oh, uh, yeah. and whatever else comes you know yeah the next wave if there is more to come we'll be keeping an eye on that that'd be really exciting. yeah I'll, I'll absolutely keep you posted and stuff and check in every once in a while um mm. you know i'll i'm happy to uh you know take some time out to uh to you know to talk to you and uh you know oh get the word out i appreciate that mate no thank you so much you've made the the 50th i say milestone 50th episode of once upon a turnbuckle you know thank you tom you were one of my favorite guests back then this is a, a fantastic way of, of commemorating this uh this point in the series so no thank you again and you know we'll do this again at some point in the future fantastic sounds great and um i really appreciate you having me no problem mate anytime okay Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 